Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hello and welcome back to the True Condos Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Andrew LaFleur, and thanks for listening in. Appreciate your time and I appreciate your support. Hey, if you like the show, uh, maybe you've been listening for a long time or maybe this is the first episode that you've ever heard, but if you enjoy what you hear, if you don't mind supporting the show, it would mean a great deal to me if you'd go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. Your reviews really help to get the word out about the show. So thank you very much for your support and for your reviews. Now, before we get to today's guest, uh, who's Dan Floman, he's the Senior Vice President at Empire Communities. Uh, I wanted to just touch on an article that's in the paper this week, and I can leave a link to this one in the show notes. The show notes for this episode can be found at truecondos.com slash empire. And it's from the Financial Post. The headline is, Nobody Blows Bubbles Like These Real Estate Writers. It's talking about how in a booming real estate market that we're sort of experiencing for the past number of years, that there seems to be also another boom happening, and that's with the uh, the doom the doom and gloom crew that uh, are constantly claiming that the real estate market's going to crash and that uh, you know house prices are going to drop by fifty percent or something. So there's some other new guy who's coming out with a book this year. Um, predicting some big crash. We've seen this time and time again, year after year after year. Uh, we see these these um, guys coming out with these crazy predictions that never come true. Um, and there's just a, a funny quote from the article. Uh, one of the guys says, uh, one of these guys predicting the crash, he says, just because you miss it by a year or two doesn't make you wrong. And I just thought that was uh, just a, a, you know, just a, such a telling quote to the, these types of um, prognosticators who are trying to predict something that um, is just never going to happen. Quite frankly, uh, it's interesting. And you got a guy like Garth Turner, who, of course, has been predicting it for much, much longer than a year or two. Uh, what happens? My question is: Okay, if it doesn't make you wrong if you're late by a year or two. What happens if you're five, six, seven years late? And it still hasn't happened. I mean, at some point, do you not just throw in the towel and say, okay, um, I was wrong. The real estate market is fine. Um, and, uh, you know, this is just ludicrous. So uh, I thought that was an interesting article there. You can take a look at that uh, if you want to in the show notes. Um, okay, so let's get to today's guest, uh, Dan Floman of Empire Communities. As I said, we had a very interesting discussion. We talked about course his story as we always do how he got into real estate um, we talk about the condo market talked about his own personal tips for condo investing and he gave several great tips um, for the condo investor both new investor or experienced investor and we also discussed the upcoming final release of units at Eau de Soleil. Eau de Soleil is a great building on the Etobicoke waterfront one of the tallest residential um, towers on the waterfront anywhere in Canada. Uh, one of the towers being 66 stories high and the other one being uh, around 40, 46 stories or so. So coming up uh, this month in October 2014, they are going to be releasing their final 
batch of units, and uh, many of those units have water views. Very popular building with downsizers, I find. Um, people who are going from a house or, or um, you know, a larger condo and, and wanting to get into something on the waterfront. Uh, I find it's a great building for that. And there's a lot of units. I had a sneak peek at the floor plans. There are a lot of great units facing the water in this final release. So if you'd like more information on that, just go ahead and go to truecondos.com slash empire. You can, you can contact me or find some more details about that project there. Um, so great. Without further ado, let's get to my interview with Dan Floman. Okay, it's it's my pleasure to welcome Dan Floman to the show. Dan is the Senior Vice President of Sales at Empire Communities, and he's also the owner of TFN Realty. So Dan, welcome. Thank you very much. Um, Dan, why don't you start by telling everybody a little bit about yourself, um, who you are, and how you got started in real estate. Yeah, so how I got started in real estate is kind of a funny story. I graduated university in uh, 1991, and at that time, the economy wasn't doing well, and I had degrees in mathematics and statistics. So I had sent out a series of, uh, of resumes, and uh, at that time, nobody was hiring. So ironically, I got 60 rejections. My family had always been in real estate in one fashion or another. My brother has been a, a broker for almost 30 years. My uh, father was uh, a contractor, and uh, it was a natural... A progression to go into real estate. So I, I bit the bullet and I took the real estate courses and became a real estate agent at 21 uh, years old. And I've been in real estate ever since and, and loved every single minute I've been in real estate. I've had the uh, pleasure of working in all uh, assets or facets of real estate from resale, uh, residential to new homes, from commercial to actually being a builder myself. What happened was is, uh, several years ago, I decided to make the leap into uh, the new home game full-time by joining with Empire Communities as their senior vice president, as you mentioned, of sales, and I run their global sales operations, of which we have offices not only in uh, Canada, uh, specifically in the greater Toronto area, but we also have an office in Dubai, and we are starting an outreach program into uh, China as well as into the United States. Uh, with regard to the resale part of the business, I still oversee the operations of what's called TFN Realty, and we are the exclusive brokers for Empire Communities, as well as several other builders in the greater Toronto area. Okay, so that's interesting, Dan. You're talking about opening offices internationally, um, Dubai, China, USA, you mentioned. Tell us about that, and what's the strategy there? Well, the strategy for opening offices in these other countries is that we wanted to have an outreach program internationally. There's a lot of foreign investors looking at Canada now as a safe and sound investment. Canada has always been a safe and sound investment, but it hasn't been on the radar of a lot of people recently where the quick bucks in some other countries have driven those markets. And those are very high volatile, high risk markets. Whereas in Canada and specifically the greater Toronto area, you tend to have a safe and steady appreciation of both capital as well as rental income. Uh, the rental rates for investment condos, uh, new product, is very low, the vacancy rate I'm referring to. And so foreign nationals are seeing Canada as a great opportunity to buy in in a long-term uh, 
process. These are not speculators looking to flip their, their units. These are people looking in the long haul to own properties for several years because they do see an appreciation in the, in the market and a steady one that has been occurring for the last uh, 10 to 15 years. And they don't foresee it ending anytime in the near future. So by opening up these offices in these other countries, what we're doing is we're exposing the greater Toronto market to all of these in- investors uh, specifically Dubai, recently we uh, had a, uh, there was a very large show called Cityscape Dubai with thousands and thousands of people attending, and I'm referring to 50,000 people attending. At, uh, at Cityscape Dubai, we were able to sell quite a few uh, units to local Emiratis as well as people from that entire region. So the Dubai office not only is for Dubai, but it's for that whole region. About three weeks ago, I went to Hong Kong to expand our reach into into that market. Hong Kong and China have not uh, seen uh, the greater Toronto area as uh, as an investment hub. They've uh, focused in other markets. Well, now they are shifting their gear to to the Toronto. And I'm referring not to local Asian people. I'm referring to the actual uh, residents and nationals of of China looking to move money into Canada as an investment. With regard to the states, we are one of the large developers in the Houston area, and we are now looking at uh, expanding our reach and actually building and selling directly into that market as opposed to just being land developers. So we see the U.S., we see Asia, and we see the Middle East as three markets that people assume were very capped but have not been capped at all relative to the size of those markets. Interesting. Um, now we talk about the foreign investor, um, you know, question quite a bit on the show with different experts. Um, there seems to be a perception in the public that the foreign investor is a bad thing for the Toronto market, or that there's a massive, uh, you know, percentage of the market is being sold to foreign investors, and that is, uh, you know, putting the whole market at risk. What's your take on that question? Given that, um, you know, what you just said, you're actually reaching out to the foreign investor right now. So I, I strongly disagree in, in anybody who says that the foreign investor it has any negative impact on the market. In fact, I see the foreign investor as a very positive sign that they believe that the, the economy of Canada, the economy of Toronto, and the economy of the condominium market is strong. If anything, the foreign investor shows that other people are looking at us as the place to park your money or the place to actually move to. And the larger the foreign investment People also misunderstand that a foreign investor is not necessarily a speculator, which I, I, I fully am against. I'm against anybody, local or foreign, who buys with the sole intention of flip. These are people looking at a long-term play who believe that the, uh, the economy of Canada and the economy of Toronto and, again, the economy that is surrounding the condominium market is strong. So I see these, these, these buyers. And, by the way, many of these buyers put 100% down, don't even carry a mortgage which says a lot that they're, that they're prepared to place everything into the Canadian market. They are an essential part of the market. Uh, and if without those foreign investors also, a number of condominium buildings which are successful, which have made Canadians a lot of money, who have invested themselves, without that foreign content, we may not have been able to build those buildings because we would not have not had enough pre-sales to go to the banks to get the financing to build the buildings in the first place. Uh, many of these foreign investors look also for tenants who are long-term tenants. They're not looking for the person who barely can cover the rent. They're looking for a safe and steady tenant also. So they're also putting uh, tenants into these buildings 
which are making the buildings better by the virtue of the quality of the tenant that they're putting in. And a lot of people don't think about uh, foreign investors along those lines. And it's very important to see that the foreign investor wants a safe and steady tenant and will leave a place vacant longer to make sure that that tenant is is the right tenant because that foreign investor can't come here uh, on a daily or weekly or monthly basis to check up on that tenant to make sure everything is 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 uh, is being maintained well. They want that perfect tenant before they are prepared to go with maybe a, a sub perfect tenant. That's interesting. So. What would you say? I mean, I, I've asked this question to different people. What would you say then, in your opinion, is sort of the the uh, the percentage of foreign investor in the condo market? You've heard, you know, some people say it's you know fifty percent of the market is foreign investors, uh, but most people in the industry, I think, know that it's it's uh, it's actually a very small fraction of the market. Um, what would you say it is, in your opinion? Okay, so it's important to know that foreign investors. Comprise, and I mean true foreign investors, foreign nationals who do not live in Canada, comprise an unbelievably small part of the of the market. I would probably put it as sub twenty five percent, maybe in some buildings as low as five percent. Keeping in mind that the foreign investor has a very difficult time at getting a mortgage in many cases, which is why many of them put a hundred percent down. Uh, on a minimum, they need 35% down in, in, uh, for, for a, a Schedule A bank to qualify them for a mortgage. So the actual number of foreign nationals who buy Canadian property is very, very small in, in the big scope of things. Canadian nationals who may hold dual passports, who may be, have a, hold a Chinese passport and a Canadian passport or an American passport and a Canadian passport, do comprise another, let's say, 25% of the market. So if you take an investor component of a building, call it 50% of the building, maybe half of that uh, at the most is four nationals. So basically 25% of an entire building at the absolute most would be foreign. Uh, the buildings that I'm dealing with were probably closer to 5 to 10% in total of all the units sold are actually foreign investors buying who do not have a residence in Canada. How would you describe the condo market in general right now? Um, do you think there's a condo bubble, or what do you say to people who think there's a condo bubble? What's happening in how do you you know what's the how do you characterize the condo market? So when it comes to the the concept of the condo bubble, uh, I'm always hesitant about that because it's the old the sky is falling, the sky is falling, chicken little thing. So if a, if a single building for whatever reason doesn't get built. Uh, those people come out of the woodworks and say, see, I told you the condo market's busting. But that may be a standalone building that for different reasons was unable to get built. It had a first-time home builder who wasn't sure what they were doing or, you know, people didn't gravitate to that building. The condo market in totality is unbelievably strong right now. People are buying it both as a, a place to live and as an investment. And in many cases, the place you live is your investment because when you're buying your property for yourself, you want it to appreciate. You want that to become an investment to you. Even if you don't sell it for 20 years, you obviously want that, that property to, to appreciate in value. So we are seeing a, a, a lot of first-time home buyers coming into the market, and they're buying condos not because they can't afford a detached or a semi-detached home, but it's a lifestyle that they want to, to live in. It, it gives them the facilities that they want. It gives them the security. If there's a security guard in the building, uh, it gives them a peace of mind so that when they go on a vacation, they can you know, lock the door and leave and not worry about it. So we, we are seeing, or I should say, I am seeing a lot of people buying and, and feeling very bullish about the market 
And as recent sales of many condominiums have uh, attested to recently, both uh, my personal clients, uh, Empire Communities, as well as other uh, builders, there is, there is still a lot of people who have a lot of faith in this market and do not foresee the bubble. I happen to be one of those people that don't believe in the concept of the bubble bursting. I believe that there may be a handful of buildings that will not get built for the reasons I explained. As well, people should be very cautious when they're buying a condo that they can afford the condo. They, they should know that interest rates will be going up over the next few years, but they're not going to stay low. So if they are maximizing their purchase to their current uh, income level and their current mortgage rates, they may be up for a little bit of a surprise in two to five years from now. But that, again, will not be a bust on the condo. It'll be a, for lack of a better word, a shift in the way people have to buy. In other words, somebody has to know that they can afford, if the interest rates were to go up by a half a percent or 1% over the next five years, that they could still afford those mortgage payments. But I do not believe for any reason out there that we are going to see any form of a quote-unquote bubble bursting. Again, we will see maybe a handful of condominium buildings not get built, but that's a handful in a market that has hundreds and hundreds of condominium buildings. Um, so like you said, the market this year has been really quite strong. A lot of new launches have done very well. Uh, the numbers are and sales are up significantly over last year. Um, are you concerned at all about, um, not a bursting a bubble per se, but are you concerned at uh, overheating of the market right now with all these launches that are selling so quickly? I honestly, or what, or what, would, ca- what would cause you some concern if, if uh, there was something you were looking for that would be concerning? Okay, so so the the first thing is I don't cons- I don't uh, I'm not worried about an overheating in the market. I think there's been a pent up demand for well priced, um, good quality buildings in good locations, and the the low of the launches that we've seen this year have had have ticked all of those boxes. They've been priced right. They've been priced to market. They are in good locations and they have good layouts and, and they're perceived as both a good investment and a good place to live, which I think has been a, a huge driving factor in the market. Where I would be concerned is buildings that are C-level buildings, buildings that are not necessarily in, in emerging markets or good markets, builders that are, are uh, um, not providing the quality that they are marketing. Uh, those are buildings that, that concern me. Uh, there are very, very few uh, builder, buildings that are like that right now, which is why I think the numbers are uh, the way they are this year, much higher than, than previous years, because the builders that are coming out and, and, you know, not to name names, but, you know, everybody from a, from a Tridel to a Candrell to a Crestford, uh, to an Empire Communities, I've got to plug my own, uh, building group in to, uh, Pace Developments. They're all quality builders building a quality product, which I believe that both the end users, the investors, and the real estate community at large does respect and will put their clients into. Again, the only thing that would concern me is that if people are overpaying or are paying future value prices for condos in the hope that the market reaches those numbers, and I don't believe in that. I believe you should buy it at current market levels. Whatever those current market levels are, obviously, they are drastically different in Yorkville than they are at, uh, say, my hub project at, at uh, Eglinton and Oakwood. You know, the, Yorkville is two and a half to three times the price per foot that, that you get in some other markets. But as long as they're priced according to the market, I don't think that there's any issue or, or you should have any 
uh, lack of comfort in acquiring those uh, condominiums. Yeah, what are your what's your personal condo investment strategy? Um, what do you like to buy, or what have you bought for yourself? Um, and do you have any tips for the new condo investor? It's a great question. I, I have bought several condos and sold several condos uh, in my in my career. Uh, I recently sold uh, I, I recently sold uh, uh, one of the investments that I bought in in uh, two thousand and nine. So what do I look for personally? I look for a few things. I look for standalone buildings that are being built by quality builders. So if I see a building that is by itself, it's not part of a multi-phase project, and it's got a good quality builder and a good quality building, I, I look to those buildings because those tend to be heavily end-user uh, occupied as well as quality investor purchase because quality agents such as yourself, Andrew, know to, to focus on buildings like that. I also look to multi-phase projects where you can get into the first or second phase. Second phase if it's a four or five phase building. Builders know that they're going to have to increase prices through a project. So if you can get into the first phase or the second phase, again, of a multi-phase building, you're bound to make, uh, you're bound to make money. I also look for signature buildings, buildings that stand out. You're going to pay a premium for those buildings, but I always say if you if you drive by certain areas, and I'll, I'll use even Mississauga as one of them, when you drive by uh, areas of Mississauga and you see the Marilyn Monroe buildings, you say, wow, look at those buildings. Well, a lot of people forget it. The base of those buildings are a bunch of other buildings, but those are signature buildings that stand out, one bluer or uh, Eau de Soleil in, in my case. These are signature buildings that you're going to pay a premium for, but down the road will not be used as a comparable to other uh, buildings that may be in the area. The last thing I really look for if you're, if you're an investor is look at emerging markets, markets that you, you do have to have a little leap of faith and, and trust in your real estate agent to, to advise you. And those are markets that if you can get into the first building in an emerging market, uh, way back in the day, I was the original agent at King West Village when there was nothing in King West Village. The original people that bought there have made a ton of money. So if you can get in and have the vision to see areas of Toronto, and there are still several areas of Toronto that are emerging, and get into those buildings, that is, to me, a great investment. That's great. Take, take us back in time a little bit, if you will, to uh, you mentioned King West Village there. What projects were you referring to? What were you working on back in the day? Back in the day, uh, through international home marketing, I was the agent for Urban Core Developments and, and all of what is King West Village today. Uh, we, it was all dilapidated lands, crazy properties. Nobody thought anybody would live there. Like to, to the concept of, of living west of Bathurst along King was, was unheard of. Uh, you had, you had literally crumbling buildings in that area. And it's a shock because we went out there and we used to sell one bedrooms for eighty nine nine, including parking. And and today, you know, you, you say these type of numbers, and it's and it's 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 a parking spot in some Yorkville projects for an entire condo. So King West Village was a prime example of an emerging market that Urban Core had the vision to see the big picture of. Then Can Alpha came into place with Liberty Village. Now these are beautiful communities now that are almost exclusively end-user uh, areas. There are a lot of young, professional, single couples, families that have all moved into this area. But 20 years ago, it was hard to even find one person who even would consider buying in, in that market. On the same token, I can go to the east side. I can go to where projects like um, 
the printing factories, uh, lost our, uh, car law, th- those areas, nobody would have thought to buy in that area. It is to me one of the most beautiful areas of town now, downtown east. So you've got this interesting thing. You've got this downtown east area, which is a stone's throw from St. Lawrence Market and the beaches. And you've got this whole downtown west area, which, which is now wonderful restaurants and lifestyles and the theater districts. These are two areas that 20 years ago nobody even thought to 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 go to. You, you, if you left that young university corridor, it was almost a foreign thing to leave that corridor. Right, right. And it's interesting to see that that was 20 years ago, uh, which is you know really not that long ago. And I was reading the, the the recent Bloomberg report that said in 2025. I don't know if you saw this one. 2025, the GTA population they're projecting is going to be 6.7 million. Uh, 2025 is only 11 years away. Um, you know, you think about what's happened in 20 years, which, you know, is not that long, really. Imagine what what's going to happen in the next, you know, 10, 11 years in this city, the transformation that's going to be taking place. People are, you know, people are going to miss out if, if they're not, you know, looking forward and, and thinking thinking ahead and purchasing in these areas, like you said. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I look at it in a different way. The entire population of Vancouver is going to be moving into Toronto in the next 10 years. Wow. And yeah. If you look at it like that, it changes your perspective. It's easier to throw numbers of population growth and whatnot. But if you say that the entire population of Vancouver is going to be moving into the greater Toronto area, now that's a shocking way to look at it. Absolutely. And those people need places, those people need places to live. Yeah. So when people talk about this bubble bursting or anything like that, I'm like, well, if all these people are going to be moving in and they need places to live, they're going to need a rentals for those people that don't have deposits, or they're going to need condominiums and houses in the greater Toronto area if they can afford to purchase uh, at that time. And at that time, our property values will be that much more as they've constantly appreciated at, at uh, very good rates, very safe and sound rates over the years. So you've got this, you've got this double whammy. You've got the, all these people moving in, a strong market, a market that people think there are so many condos on, but when you put it in a perspective of how many people are going to be moving into the area, we don't have enough condos. We do not have enough supply to meet the demand that's coming down the pipeline. Absolutely, absolutely, so true. Um, let's shift gears and talk about your project, Eau de Soleil. You mentioned it a couple of times there. Final release of units uh, are coming up in the project. So maybe give everyone a quick overview of Eau de Soleil if they're not familiar with it. Why are you excited about this building? What makes it so unique? Um, and what can you tell us about this final release of units? Sure. So Eau de Soleil is uh, the vision of the owners of Empire Communities. It is what is called a signature bookend in the Humber Bay area, the Park Lana Lakeshore area, where the other bookend is, is an older building called Palace Pier, two beautiful uh, uh, buildings. So Oda Soleil is a very large project. It is 1,285 units spread into two towers, which are combined by a very large uh, podium. These have unobstructed water views, and there's an expression, not all water was created equal. This new release that we're going to be coming up with, these units have unobstructed water views because they are right on the water. Imagine looking in, seeing out your window, not only Lake Ontario, but the harbor, as well as the downtown core because of the way the city wraps around Lake Ontario. So we're releasing these final 300 units, which have never been released before. Uh, I would say 90% of them have a water view 
50% of the units have a completely unobstructed water view, meaning that no matter what window you look at out of in your, in your uh, home, you're going to be looking right onto, right onto the lake. The building has everything you can imagine in it from yoga areas, gyms, a large saltwater pool, hot tub, theaters, nine guest suites. We're going to be having uh, two superintendent suites so that if the Carmen Corporation uh, proceeds to hire two full-time super uh, to man-, man the building, they have that ability. It's going to have a large co- uh, commercial component as well on the main floor, which we are currently entertaining different offers for. There's going to be uh, thousands of, of feet of commercial. So within this building, which is almost going to become a community because it's, it's, it's as large as it is, you're going to be able to do your shopping, everything within the building. And we are at the corner of Parkland and Lakeshore. We are at the the entrance gates of that whole area. And because it's a signature building, as I mentioned earlier, it allows you in 10 years down the road, as you're driving by, you're going to be saying, wow, what are those buildings? It's also one of the largest, one of the tallest buildings on the water in Canada, being 66 stories uh, in height. So that's a a key component uh, to the building, and that's the taller tower. The shorter tower, per se, is still 49 stories. These are these are beautiful architectural wonders that were created by two fantastic architects, Zeidler and uh, Richmond Architects. So we had a, a, a very large international, uh, well-respected, well-known architect combined with one of the top architects in Toronto, combine their forces to create this master plan community. And that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a vertical village. It's a vertical community. And uh, you'll be able to do everything within the building. We have units that run anywhere from one bedrooms to three bedrooms. We have terrace suites, which we've never released, which is also part of the release uh, in this in this upcoming thing in the next couple of weeks. So it, we have everything for everybody from, again, from small one bedrooms to large three bedroom units. We have accessible parking. We have lockers with the suites. We have fantastic finishes. You have either nine or 10 foot ceilings. You get a lot of bells and whistles that are standard with the with this project that other projects are uh, charge you as an upgrade. So it's safe to say you're just a little bit excited about this final release. I would say this is one of the most exciting times for me uh, because we waited till the to this last release to release our best units. Uh, it, it is an exciting it is an exciting time because most of the time builders hold back the quote unquote penthouse units the most expensive, the highest floor units. We held back these great affordable water-facing units because we knew that there would be a a demand for end users and investors looking for these very, very specific uh, units. And again, we held back what I believe to be some of the best units till this release. And they aren't just the multi-million dollar penthouse units that other builders hold back. There's a lot of end users, aren't there, that are interested in this type of product um i know i've spoken to a lot of people looking at downsizing in the in the next few years who love the idea of living in a you know like you said a signature type of building right on the waterfront and they're looking for something with a little bit more space you know not necessarily a a one-bedroom investment type of a unit um and you know i I, you gave me a little sneak peek of the uh, floor plans there and and i can say that yeah that i was really pleased to see a lot of larger two-bedroom units for that type of a buyer yeah, well, the, I can tell you that that buyer will be able to be satisfied with our, our layouts. We have 
units that you can actually live in as opposed to some of these little bachelors that you do see downtown, which are great as a pied-a-terre, but you could not live in them. With us, you're getting units uh, 600 to 1,200 square feet, two bedrooms, two bathrooms, uh, great layouts, decent-sized bedrooms, great living room, dining room layouts, and great kitchen layouts, kitchens that you can actually cook in as opposed to just show pieces that you still have to order in every night. So these these are really for lack of a better word, bungalows in the skies that, that, that people can buy and, have, again, have this incredible oceanfront, excuse the expression, this lake view that is incredible. That's great. Um, and uh, you got another project coming up. I don't know if you can give us uh, any hints or sneak uh, preview on what to expect, but you've got something uh, in the works in Yorkville, don't you? Yeah, uh, we, we have been working alongside with the Ratepayers Association, the City of Toronto, the Heritage Board. We ha- have acquired the corner of Yorkville and Avenue Road. We are still in process of dealing with all the, the, uh, the government authorities and the Heritage Board because we want to create a building that will work with the area. It's not about just slapping up a big building, especially there. So this building, we haven't gone into any of the minutiae. We don't have layouts. We don't have pricing yet. But we're trying to create, again, a signature building. And it is technically a bookend because it is it is right at the corner of Avenue in Yorkville. It will be the northeast corner to be very specific. And we've had some great dealings with, with uh, all the parties, and especially the ratepayers have been very supportive uh, of of us in this process because we have gone to them. We are listening to them and we, we do want to do something that will actually make the the whole Yorkville experience an even better one than it currently is. And it's already an amazing experience to be down in Yorkville. But because this is like the signature corner and to me, for those people who understand Yorkville, it is to me the best corner in Yorkville because it is the gateway into, into it. That's great. Now, one final question for you, Dan, make you think a little bit. Uh, perhaps, but is there anything that no one has ever asked you about yourself or about your company or about the condo market, but that you wish they would? And what would that question be? Wow, that is a tough question. I, I guess, I guess the, the the question that nobody seems to ask is where where are you going to be in twenty years? Well, forget the condo market. Where where is specifically you and your company going to be in the next twenty years? And I can say that that uh, just from my point of view, with the strength of the condominium market and the housing market in Toronto, we will all be alive and, and, uh, and working hard and continuing to sell at prices that are going to be much higher than they are today. And uh, at that time, those people will still think it's a bargain for the people that are going to buy 20 years from there. So I, I would say that the only question I wish people would ask is, forget the next five or 10 years. What's going to happen in 20 years? And, and I do believe that we are going to be a stronger, better condominium market in the city in 20 years than we are today because we're stronger and better today than we were 20 years ago. We'll also probably see some more regulations to make sure that everybody from the builders to the buyers are all protected. And uh, I think it's all the whole condominium process and the condominium buying process is getting better and better every year with more and more openness about how we do things, what we do. And uh, that's probably the question I, I, I wish people would ask more. That's great. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for your time. Um, if people want to find you or get a hold of you, what, uh, what's the best, best way to f- reach you online or, or otherwise? Well, the best way to reach me is to buy a unit through Andrew LaFleur. But, uh, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> aside, aside from that, uh, the best way to reach me is if you can go to www.empirecommunities.com or www.tfn, that's Tom Frank Nancy, tfnrealty.com, and you can uh, find me through either of those websites. And uh, again, I still think the best way to reach me is to use Andrew LaFleur as your real estate agent to buy a condominium through me. There you go. Okay. <laughs> you heard it here first, everyone. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you very much, Dan, for your time and uh, looking forward to all the things you, you've got coming uh, down the pipe. And hopefully we'll speak to you again on the podcast soon. And thank you very much, Andrew. Okay. There you have it. That was my interview with Dan Flomen once again from Empire Communities. And thank you very much, Dan, for that great interview. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some great uh, nuggets from the things that Dan was sharing. I found it very interesting, uh, his take on the foreign investor market especially. Dan's uh, take on it is a little bit different than most people that I've spoken to in the business, uh, in the in the condo industry. Um, he was saying that uh, it might be as much as 25% of the market being sort of the, the foreign investor, uh, although he did admit that in his own experience, it's probably, it's only about 5 or 10%. So, um, whatever the number is, it's a very small percentage of the market. Uh, previous episode, we talked to Winston Chan from Tridel, the largest condominium builder in Canada, and he was saying it's no more than about 5%. So very interesting there, Dan's take on this particular issue and, and uh, the fact that Empire is being very proactive in reaching out to international buyers in Dubai and China and even in the USA. And of course, his his whole point with the whole thing was, listen, uh, even if there are foreign investors in this market, who cares? It's not uh, it's not a bad thing for the market. It's showing strength in our market. It's showing that people see Toronto as a safe place to put their money long term. They could be anywhere in the world, and they're choosing to be here. It's definitely something to think about. And he's also highlighting the fact that these are, these type of investors are not speculators. They're not looking to make a quick buck. They're not looking to Toronto as a get-rich-quick scheme. Quite the contrary. They're looking to Toronto as a long-term, stable place to park your money over the long term. This, these are not people looking to come in, make a quick profit, and get out. There are plenty of other markets in Asia and the Middle East where you, even in... Uh, Africa, South America, Eastern Europe, where you do see, you know, prices escalating 15, 20% in a year. Those are the kind of places where if you could be anywhere in the world and you want to make a quick buck, that's where you want to be. I mean, Toronto is very boring when you think about appreciation rates of, you know, three, four, five, six percent. That is extremely boring to somebody uh, who could choose anywhere in the world to, to, uh, to make a quick buck if that's what they were looking for. So yeah, again, to Dan's point, these foreign investors, if they are out there, they're looking to Toronto as a long-term play, somewhere to park their money over, you know, not five years, not 10 years, but somewhere, you know, that, that, that they can be uh, far beyond that and to, uh, to own property and to enjoy a, a nice stable appreciation and, and uh, protection of their capital. Okay, that's enough for me for one episode. Thank you very much for your support. Thank you for your reviews. Please uh, go to iTunes once again and leave a review for the show. If you enjoy it, hey, even if you don't enjoy it, give me some feedback. I do appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.